electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. One small step for one index, one giant leap for the market, we hope. After five months of gut-wrenching volatility for the first time since February, the S&P 500 finally closed above the 2,800 level and stocks had every reason not to rally today. The banks were selling off after earnings. The AT&T Time Warner deal has another hurdle to face. There's worries over the NATO skirmish and even the escalating Russian probe. All that didn't weigh on stock. So was this move, albeit small, the start of a bigger bullish breakout? And is it a sign this market is heading back to record highs? Guy. Well, Wednesday when I got back, I thought the move would be down. I thought it would go back down to sort of 2680 Tesla's level and sort of fluctuate in this range. Steve said actually the move would be higher. And here we are back to 2800. So I have to sort of say Steve was spot on on this one. I didn't see it coming. These bank earnings I thought were really good. Thought the market should have rallied, but banks continue. They can't get out of their own way. The broader market, though, wants to go higher. 28.72, I think, is the all-time high. Feels as though it wants to take a shot. Doesn't make sense to me, and everything you mentioned should take us lower, but you really can't fight the tape at this point. We didn't even have technology participate yep. sector-wise, right? Technology was down, too. It was industrials that led the sector higher. It was, it was, industri higher. It was industrials. You had uh, staples, which aren't big enough to really do anything. It just seemed like it was everything but technology doing it. I would have thought that financials would have contributed something today. I do think we're going higher. I do think we're taking out old highs. There's some baby steps of resistance, but that 2800 was such a big level. I think that's the springboard. Well, also did it without the small caps, too, right? So staples going up, small caps going down. To me, that does not actually make for a very bullish type of breakout. I, you know, I would not be surprised to see this thing fail on Monday. It did not feel like euphoria and the entire market was participating today. And by the end of the day, we saw that. Well, the things that concern me are the bond market. And, and unfortunately, you know, we have Fed Powell. I think it's very important. We have the Humphrey Hawkins, which is a semi-annual testimony in front of the Senate next, uh, I think it's Tuesday. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, I think you've got a dynamic here where if the Fed actually tells you they're a little concerned about trade, con you know, whatever is going on on the trade front, that is something that I think will continue to flatten the yield curve. And I think the yield curve, I, I care about it so much less for banks than I do for the broader economy in the sense of what we've got. But um, I actually think the price action is fantastic, especially given the week we had. Don't you think that's more bullish, though, if they say they're concerned with trade? Because that's the angle I come at it with, that they'll slow down a little yeah. bit on their, I think, on their right, raising of rates. So you're going down the as bad as bad news right. is good news, less is more. I think for the first couple kind of shots across the bow on that, it's good news for a market that wants less Fed. But ultimately, I think this market is very concerned, and the, the yield curve is what's showing you that. I think that's concerned about growth. More concerned about uh, the Fed and what they might do or trade? That's been my concern all along. It's been, it's been the, the Fed. The Fed is bigger when, than trade. When Powell took over that one day, we, you know, it's funny. Brian Sullivan talked about every market tests the new, you know, the new Fed chair coming in. The market will test, and he was right about that. And I think he's still being tested. But with that said, the speed with which the yield curve's going down to 26, 27 basis points is astonishing. I know if Tony Dwyer were here, he'd say you have 12 to 18 months of a still run to the upside. The and version. that's what history has said. 
But this is, to me, it's a different time in history. I'm not certain that you have that kind of runway. And I don't think we've ever seen this yield curve flatten to the degree that it's doing so now. It, it appears as though it wants to flatten out, I would say, by Labor Day. That was Tim's phone, by I the know. way, in yeah. case you forgot. Everybody's phones are off today. My right. phone's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mine is. First time on TV, okay. folks. What can I tell you? I don't know how that happened. I, I don't like the fact that when they talk about the yield curve, and this is the Fed, and this is everyone that you see on television is saying that it's different this time. I don't think it's different this time. I think an inverted yield curve is an inverted yield curve. And, but I do believe the, uh, the same thing that Tony Dwyer believes. I believe that you have some time to react to that inverted yield curve. And I think everyone is so afraid of it that it's lost its power, it's lost its steam as far as a headwind. So we're seeing a lot of these headwinds become tailwinds because we've become a little bit numb to it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, everybody I talk to seems to be very concerned about the yield curve. And I actually think it's one side of the trade and the yield curve are two sides of the same coin, right? So we had this big $200 billion list that came out there. There was some very serious technical damage to a lot of commodities markets, the U.S. dollar. All these things could contribute to a slowing economy. And I believe that's what the market is telling us here. So if I look out and say, hey, you know what? 2019, what it's going to look, we're now in July, what are, what are earnings going to look like? Do I have to factor in a slowing economy in my earnings estimates for 2019? I think the answer is yes, based on what the markets are doing today. And, and should we be worried about the consumer at this point? And we got CPI data, right, which showed uh, a jump in June, but basically wiped out all of the wage growth that we've seen exactly. so far they're, this they're year. Exactly. They're offsetting each other. And we haven't even seen the full effect of any tariffs go into play. So we haven't seen the full inflationary impact that it might have. Well, again, so the first $50 billion were selected chosen to be industries where they're probably not going to go too hard against the consumer. This $200 billion, the first $50 billion, are, you could have some major nonlinear uh, supply chain disruption, which will go straight to the consumer. I think there's products in there that we can't really easily replace in this country. So I, I am worried about inflation. I think prices are going significantly higher, and I don't think equities are pricing that. And quickly, I mean, debt to, I mean, consumer debt to GDP is north of now 50 percent. That is a staggering number. It's probably at levels we haven't seen in a decade or so. So am I concerned about the consumer? Never underestimate the U.S. consumers want to spend doesn't mean they should be spending. And the flip side of that coin is corporate debt to GDP is now about 46 percent which is at a ridiculous level as well. So at a certain point, and even Tony Dwyer, if he were there, and he's watching now, no doubt, yeah. would say, you're right, it's going to end horribly. My only point is, I think it does a lot quicker so, than people think. To, to, to your point, point, yeah, yeah. So what banks will do right now is they'll make a whole bunch of really junky loans. That's going to be the next 6 to 12 months because they don't have that, those NIMS necessarily to do anymore. So they're going to try to do more loans and get volume rather than get quality. And that happens every cycle. This is not unusual. Well, as we mentioned, the banks took a hit today after disappointing earnings. Our next guest was the man who said to fade the banks exactly one week ago. What we know is, of course, financials have been the dream with industrials, and they've been uh, a real uh, misfortune for anyone who's been long or overweight. And I don't think that's going to end. Good call. But the chart master Carter Worth of Cornerstone Macro is back at the plasma with a new call. Hi, Carter. Yeah, I mean, you can't flip and flop too much, obviously. Uh, but I'm surprised, frankly how well they recovered intraday, meaning we know that the financials out of the gate with the big earnings reports were down hard, and yet it's their reversal that actually caused the reversal in the market, especially as tech started to falter. So my hunch is that they're telling us that we've actually had all the selling, at least for now, that we're going to have. Regional banks, very bad, but the big money center banks, quite good. This is the XLF overall, and obviously we have this downtrend. But if you have a well-defined head and shoulders top, head, and second shoulder, the neckline right here, you should break. And instead of breaking, we held. 
and then we held again, and then we held again. Now, if I add the bottom line, one could say, all right, but isn't it ultimately going to break? That's the risk. But keep in mind where this level is, this 26 level, and look at the, actually the long-term chart of XLF. What we know is that XLF is actually sold off to a level where it is essentially bounced repeatedly, and it came to life off that line again. My hunch is that they're telling us, even the intraday recovery day, while they close lower, that um, they've had their beating, just as industrial to some extent. The market really is going to be dependent on how these tech names perform in earnings. Carter, come on over to the desk. Whoa, 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 whoa. We've got questions for Carter. So it's just yeah. statement. Well, hold on, let's do yeah. Come on, we we been been in the house. for a long time. Thanks, Michelle. Do, does the chart of the KRE, the regional banks, look similar to XLF? No, KRE is worse, which is KRE worse, has been okay. better, right? The leading for the better part of two years, and yet of late, and, and in specifically the last two weeks, the regional banks the ones that are under the most pressure. Whereas the money center banks, call them, they used to call them that, they don't anymore, the big heavy ones, yeah. were so bad that uh, they're actually stabilizing in the face of what some say were good results and others say were bad results dealing with deposits and some of the loans. So how far does that have to break, that trend line that you just drew there? How far does that have to break? Is it a percentage that you're looking for to break below to change your stance on right. it? Meaning, so the reason for caution for a long time in this is because basically the, the way forward is industrials and financials. But to have the news that hit and then to hold the way it did, albeit down a day, would suggest that that's not the risky part of the market. Now I think they will bounce off that trend line. It would be at least a 2% violation of that that would cause it. It's all about tech now. Carter, how does volume play into this? If we see, I mean, today was decent volume in the financials. If we see yeah. some big increasing volume, does that mean, does that it, it make you think that maybe we're going to get that breakout? Right. Well, volume is most important at tops and bottoms, and we're not really at a top or a bottom. That's when you have a major transition. We're just a sell-off 12% to a trend line, and as of now, it, it is holding. I'm going to go back to the original uh, thing that we are talking about on the show, 2,800 on the S&P 500. And I'm going to incorporate a game that we, we play begrudgingly. Mm. Trade it or fade it. What fake would you out do? Or what would you, yeah. What would you? Oh, what would you do? With, or fake out or breakout? Yeah, I mean, what fade, would you do with twenty? Mm. Yeah. Oh. So you, you I mean, think we're going to go so down? In order to go higher, it's not the market goes higher. Parts go higher. We've had a huge move in staples. So whatever potential existed has been exploited to some extent. Energy's come to life. We know consumers come to life. Uh, banks are sort of dull here all of a sudden. What is it that takes the market higher? It's got to be tech. Tech is extended. Tech shows the crack of Red Hat. You know, other stocks were a wobbly day. New York Fang was down today with three of the five stocks getting upgraded. Not great action. Would you fade it? So buy it or deny it. Well, I just said it at the top of the show. I just said at the top. Although Carter can sway. It's amazing how he can sway me. Should be like a song. I mean, I think the Rolling Stones, didn't they? Amazing how he can sway me? That song? Number one. But I'm saying this. i got to stick to my guns and say the fact that we took out, we're at this 2,800 where we should have gone lower the rest of the week. Leads me to believe maybe one more shot at 28.75. I tell you what, this is now the fourth trip to 2,800, and, and I pointed out on the third trip, which was just a few days ago before the 200 billion was announced. I actually look at uh, CFTC data on S&P futures, and I'll tell you what, they're significantly lower than at every other time we've gotten here. I think people under positioned here. I think sentiment and positioning is in favor of it going higher. Carter, thanks. We'll see you on thanks. OA. Coming up, Netflix falling today ahead of its earnings report on Monday. And the chart master will be back, as we mentioned. He says there could be even more pain ahead for this high-flying stock. Plus, 
Don't look now, but Amazon just surged past 1800 bucks a share, and the move is revealing an interesting trend in the market. We'll explain. And later, a major announcement by Coinbase just moments ago. This is the group of coins that could be added next to the platform, and they are surging after hours. Uh, Brian Kelly, BK here, the baller, will tell us who could be the big winners. We are live in New York City's Times Square much more fast right after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Amazon and shoppers are preparing for Prime Day sales on Monday. You know what's not on sale? Amazon stock, which just passed $1,800 a share. The e-commerce giant hasn't had a stock split, split in almost 20 years. So when will investors get their deal day? Our Bob Pisani is at the New York Stock Exchange with more on this story. Hey, Bob. Hi, Melissa. Companies still typically split their shares to make their stock more affordable to retail investors. Now, stock splits peaked in the late 1990s when the dot-com era drove tech stock prices up dramatically, then gradually rose until the financial crisis again, and they dropped dramatically, and they never really recovered. So why don't companies split their stock as much as they used to? Well, much of it has to do with the predominance of institutional investors like Vanguard and BlackRock over retail investors. They own nearly 60% of Amazon shares, 72% of Google shares, 80% of Netflix. Institutional investors don't really care if a stock is high-priced or not. They may be perfectly happy to have it high-priced because it discourages day trading that introduces volatility. You know, that's Warren Buffett's mentality. He said for years he has no problems with the company's stock price going up and doesn't care about stock splits. For him, it's more about the dollar value of what's being bought. So, for example, if he wants to get $1.8 million in exposure to Amazon stock, he's perfectly happy to own 1,000 shares at $1,800 as he is to own 10,000 shares at $180. It makes no difference to him. Another point, the number of what I call super price stocks, those over $300, is still relatively small. There's only 23 of those in the S&P 500. That's about 4% including well-known names like Alphabet, AutoZone, BlackRock, and Netflix. Stock splits still do happen, though. You know, Apple split seven for one back in 2014. It's up over 100% since then. Netflix split seven for one in 2015. It's up more than 300%. And this begs the question, by the way, will Amazon be next? Back to you, Melissa. All right. Thank you so much, Bob Pisani. So should Amazon split? 
Tim. Well, look, I mean, this whole concept of the, the guy who can only buy two shares and not three shares of Amazon is the one that's keeping the market from, from tumbling by not being involved, I think, is ludicrous. And if you also think that it's about price weightings effectively, then, it, then you think that the Dow Jones is ludicrous, frankly, because that's a price-weighted index. So, no, I don't think Amazon should do this for the sake of throwing a bone to their investors. Their investors are getting all they need. This company continues to execute. The biggest issue right now is certainly the valuation. People believe every sector that they enter and want to dominate, they're going to. And I think the healthcare boost uh, in the last couple months is a big part of this. Stay along the stock. I mean, it seems like ETFs would have a bigger role in this whole thing, right? I mean, you could still buy a $179 share of QQQ. Right. And you'll or own Amazon, a lot of Amazon the, and you'll own the, a lot of Fang. In the Spider Select uh, XLYs, mm -hmm. the consumer discretionary, Amazon is 23%. So if you want to own something, if you want to get exposure there, also you have Netflix, which is about 6%, a little less than 6%. So there's ways of doing it more affordably. But for the stock like Amazon, it's outperformed the S&P 10 to 1, basically, in the last 10 years. So tell them they're doing something wrong. So I, I don't think it's a great idea for them to split their stock. I don't think there's any reason for them to split. I mean, generally, you would, you would split it so you maybe get some more retail interest, which would bring more liquidity. But Amazon has had no problem with liquidity. They don't need to do anything. Their stock keeps going up. So why change it? Ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, you know, there are some splits that really led to a big uh, run-up in the stock. Netflix was Apple. one Apples of those ones. Was, Apples was Exactly, right. Apples was, I mean, I think Steve touched, you touched on something the question Steve has answered. ETFs, to me, it's great on the way up and everything works really well on the way up but god forbid the market were to swing and go start to go lower the sell-offs vis-a-vis etfs and the underlying stocks could be sort of we have nasty. no idea let's we have it. no idea and i think that's a real concern yeah i think since this market there's been etf isized if i may i just did um, ultimately, I don't think we've seen really the move that we're going to see. And I think the dysfunction on a lot of these down days, it's very clear it's ETFs. Still ahead, Coinbase shocking the crypto universe moments ago as they announced that they are exploring adding these five coins to the platform. PK will tell us which one could be the next big winner. Next, I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. Yes, for the first time ever, the forces of Fast Money and Options Action unite to give you their best idea for next week. And that's when Fast Money returns. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. 
Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a Bitcoin alert. Coinbase shocking the crypto universe moments ago by announcing it is exploring the addition of a new number of a number, I should say, of new cryptocurrencies to the platform. Seema Modi's got all the details. Hey, Seema. Hey, Melissa. Coinbase, the largest cryptocurrency exchange, announcing this afternoon that it is exploring the addition of the following assets. Cardano, basic attention token, Stellar, Zcash, and OX. It's worth noting that BAT and OX are initial coin offerings. Now, all five assets moving higher on this announcement. Cardano is up 12%. Basic attention token up about 22%. Stellar higher by 10%. Zcash gaining 15%. And OX soaring 26% intraday. That according to CoinMarketCap. Now, while the digital tokens have not been added yet, Coinbase says it wants to remain transparent with its customers about future support for additional cryptocurrencies beyond what it currently offers on its platform, like Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Litecoin. Coinbase did emphasize that the rollout of these assets will require additional exploratory work, and it's not guaranteed they will be listed for trading. Still, it's a sign that the industry is starting to see value in other cryptocurrencies and that Coinbase is trying to appeal to investors that are looking to diversify their holdings. And it is a strategy other crypto exchanges like Gemini are also using. Melissa, back to you. All right, Seema, thank you. Seema Modi. Now you may be not now you may not be familiar with some of these coins in question. So we're getting none other than the crypto baller BK to break them all down for us over at the Plasma Beaks. Yeah, so let's do it. Couple here that they're talking about exploring. Remember, there was some issues when they uh, listed Bcash that potentially people saw it ahead of time. So I think that's why they're trying to get ahead of us and say, hey, this is what we're looking at. But let's just quickly go through these. Cardano, number one. That is something similar to an Ethereum, if you will. They have a live working network. Uh, they're going to have, they have a live uh, roadmap. So that's important. That's what the SEC was said was important. Uh, so it's not a security. Basic attention token, you use this in the Brave browser, you can have an ad-free experience. You can use basic attention token to pay for content on the web. Zero X, right here, this is one of the most interesting ones. Uh, that is a decentralized exchange protocol up and running. And in fact, I believe Coinbase launched a bulletin board uh, exchange type of thing. It wasn't really an exchange, but they use Zero X technology. That's why this one's in the list. Stellar. Stellar is, a, is similar to Ripple. Now, the crypto people are going to kill me because I said it's similar to Ripple, but it's similar to Ripple. That's how you need to think about it. And then finally, Zcash is a privacy token, so you can send stuff back and forth without people knowing. Remember, Gemini has already said they're going to have Zcash on their platform, so this one is probably one of the most likely. You said Stellar is similar to Ripple. Ripple's not up there, and Ripple was the one that everybody thought could be added next. Why do you think it's not up there? So I think probably it has to do with the uncertainty around whether or not uh, it is a security, and I'm not going to opine on it one way or the other, but there are some lawsuits pending uh, uh, about Ripple being a security. So I think just that uncertainty itself would cause Coinbase to say, let's tap the brakes on that one for today. Hey, Brian, the, the Coinbase announcement of, of new tokens has been at times the only reason a lot of these stocks have caught a bid or these tokens have caught a bid. Um, I, I guess looking back at the history so far, um, do you believe that this is just a rush that really should be faded? Um, it seems like it's a tactical moment only based upon the history. Yeah, so generally these are, you're right. The one thing that I've had the hardest thing to learn taking from traditional, the legacy markets to now the crypto markets is that once these things get going, once you get that momentum, they tend to go a little bit, they tend to go higher. So 
yeah, you, you, you might think about fading them, but it wouldn't surprise me to see these things up 20, 30, 40% over the weekend. You know, what is different this time around, BK, if I can even say that about anything these days, um, is that Coinbase has their own product, which is based on every single coin that is added to their platform. And so in order for them to be indexed to it, I mean, there has to be some sort of buying of these tokens by, by the people who are invested in that Coinbase product, correct? Right. So, so there, there is that sort of push higher there from exactly that. it it adds it's it's almost like the etf effect that the you know potentially some of these coins might get added to their index product and they have to buy in so there could be some follow-on buying here and remember also the crypto markets 24 7 365 and asia is probably still asleep they'll wake up see these coins and go oh wait a second maybe there's a catalyst here just quickly, which one would you buy off of this news? Well, I'm long almost every single one of them. Uh, probably 0x and Zcash. All right. Thanks for that, Beeks. There will be more on crypto at the Delivering Alpha conference next week. Circle CEO Jeremy Allaire and Digital Currency Group CEO Barry Silbert will join me in a very special panel. There's still time to buy your tickets, so check that out. Shifting gears here. This weekend is the World Cup championship game between France and Croatia. So in honor of the event, our traders picked Four stocks they say are a goal. Oh, Mel. Mm. I, I tried. I tried. Okay, Tim, kick it off. I think it's Apple. Not only is this truly a global product in the iPhone, but I think this stock has been very defensive when the global uncertainty has been out there. I think there are actually catalysts for September. Get a goal right there. Speakers. Well, you know what's great for live events? The Twitter machine, TWTR, looks like it wants to break out. Amazon, people have been betting against it for years. It's time to bet with it right now. Amazon, get long. Regardless of the country that wins, they drink like fish, Melms. You know what gets you there? What? Diageo, Johnny <laughs> Walker Black. <laughs> All right. That does it for us here on Fast Money. Thanks so much for watching. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.